Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on life around our church. And uh, today I've got, uh, again, in a physically distanced, kind of working from home way, our communications director, Kelly Smalden. Kelly, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Uh, We're still (laughs) now like three months into... Uh, this COVID-19 pandemic, and I'd like to say we're in the groove of working from home, but maybe that's not so much of a groove. Kelly, tell uh, tell us how that's working for you. Um, yeah, it's definitely been different to work from home. Uh, to be honest, it's kind of a situation that I enjoy. <laughs> um, so I kind of have everything spread out. I think in the three months I've worked at a desk one day, maybe, and the rest of the time I've just been spread out on a couch. And it's, I live alone, so it's nice and quiet and no distractions, no commuting, getting lots done. <laughs> so um, some of the other challenges of the this season aside, it, the working from home I actually kind of like. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing how much the the workstation of somebody has kind of made or broken their experience of all of this. I've heard of people, we've got people who, you know, they're working out of closets because it's the only place that they can be uninterrupted. So yeah, I don't, I don't have that challenge. Uh, It's uh, probably more the challenge of my posture suffering from sitting on a couch working with a a laptop on my actual lap feet up and uh, (laughs) The chiropractor visit post-COVID might be a bit of a disaster, but... <laughs> what, uh, what for you has been the best and the toughest thing out of COVID so far, three months in? Um, uh, the best thing, I think it's it's been nice to have uh, some extra time for things like, you know, cooking and reading and, and things like that. Um, but like I said, I live alone. So the, probably one of the biggest personal challenges is just being alone a lot. And yeah, I haven't hugged anyone or had any actual physical contact with anyone since March. And so <laughs> that kind of hits, yeah. hits you a little bit. I have some nieces and a nephew that I am looking forward to squishing when this is over. But I, I believe that my daughter had a bit of a meltdown the other day saying, I just want to hug someone. And yeah, apparently I wasn't good enough. So <laughs> I, I kind of got that. It's tough. <laughs> um, want to talk about your ministry world specifically over the last three months and how you know, drastically things have changed. Uh, I know that you were involved very early on as we were getting a sense that this was starting to hit Canada and Niagara. Um, can you recall that far back uh, <laughs> to just for you personally, when when you sensed that things were about to really rapidly and drastically change? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you remember talking to Mandy a couple of weeks ago, my experience was really similar to hers um, in that I remember that first kind of week we were planning the May or the March 15th service. Um, And so on the Thursday before the 12th, we were meeting about, um, okay, well, this is starting to be in conversation. So what are some safety precautions that we can put in place on Sunday morning, as far as like the cafes and communion? And, and then by the next day, by the Friday, it was okay, well, it's getting a little more serious, maybe we should, a bunch of us should come in and we'll record a few things just in case. 
And then by that afternoon, that was when we had heard that, you know, the schools were going to be shutting down for that three week extended March break at that time. And I think that was the first time that it was like, oh, this is this is a thing <laughs> that is is going to be uh, significant. And then right from then on, things got pretty real pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um how did that feel for you at a, at a personal level? Like when you're processing all this, obviously there's the, 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 the work related stuff that's going on in your mind, but just personally, how, how was that hitting you? Yeah, it just felt really surreal actually. Cause I think um, up until then, as much as I had heard little, little bits and pieces and I was kind of keeping an eye on it because I had a vacation that got canceled in the midst of this. So I was kind of wondering if that was going to be affected. Um, But for the most part, it felt like something that was happening elsewhere in the world. Like this is something serious, but it's happening out there. Um, And then it just seemed like immediately it was impacting every aspect of our lives. And so you're just kind of left feeling like what on earth is happening right now? Yeah, it was definitely a little bit of out of body at first, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it you almost didn't have time to process it in the moment because it was so quick. How would you say that faith made a difference, if at all? Yeah, um, I mean, it was a bit of a blur in those first that first little while. Um, and I think mostly when I look back on that, it was this this response of hope, you know, like hoping that this wasn't going to last long, hoping, you know, for safety for the people around us, hoping that it's not going to spiral out of control, hoping that God's going to bring good things from it. Um, But that I I know that I say that also from a very privileged seat. And I know that, you know, I've been really blessed to just be thinking about it in those abstract ways. You know, I still have a job, I have food to eat, I haven't lost anyone close to me. So um, I think as much as it's been a challenge, my faith probably has not been challenged to the extent of others. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, just thinking about people who are on the front lines, like mm-hmm. you said, people who have uh, either suffered from the, the disease, we've heard it from some, from some people that even in the podcast, uh, or people, then you get into the difficult working conditions, or they're out of yeah. work, or they're, I mean, there's so many implications where, it feels like a majority of us have been affected really in minority ways because of privilege where. Yeah. And I, I found that yeah. in my, even in my family, like I have two brothers who are firefighters and I have a sister-in-law oh, wow. who's, a, who's a paramedic. Um, so, you know, we'd be in a family group chat and like I'm sitting here. My biggest complaint is my back hurts from sitting on my couch and they're like texting pictures in their full, you know, protective gear, like responding to, emergencies in this situation and it's like mm, yeah I needed a little bit of a perspective adjustment at times because you know that's a whole different way of dealing with it than yeah. what I'm personally experiencing yeah totally hey uh you, you said that the first time you were kind of cluing into this was in some meetings about designing a service so like from a church leader perspective what were some of the things that were going through your head well, at first it was just a big like yikes moment because <laughs> um, I think we were all having this question of, okay, as this is changing, what does it look like to 
be the church and support our church in this situation. But then more practically, like, how do we do that immediately? Because a lot of times when you're making big changes in ministry, there's like months of strategy and meeting and planning and logistics, and you roll things out like slowly and deliberately. And this was the complete opposite of that, right? It was a very much like, okay, this is turning everything on its head and we're going with it. Changing changing twice a day level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's been interesting in the last three months because really right away, one of the early challenges became how to communicate. Mm -hmm. And as the communications director, your role all of a sudden leapt to the foreground, (laughs) both in behind the scenes work and, uh, I mean, as part of the, I know you serve in the ministry services department, but you also kind of straddle in the inspiration, uh, team as well, which is why you were part of those programming meetings that you talked about. And so you've even been a, a more prominent player in our online service. And so, you know, for a lot of us, we may not have realized, uh, there's a Kelly Smalden and she's a <laughs> communications director because you have a very behind the scenes role, but you know, a lot of things have changed in the last months. Um, thinking back to the very beginning of this, what did it feel like for you to be just thrust into the, that new, you know, very significant role of cranking out communication so quickly? Oh, it was at first it was chaos, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and part of that was the fact that like the situation, like globally, provincially, locally, it was changing so rapidly. Um, so it felt like we were course correcting daily. You know, we'd try and communicate one thing and then in literal hours it was changing because of new information. So, um, yeah, and it was just, there was a lot of, okay, well, this needs to be done. Okay, you're the closest warm body standing here. You're getting in front of that camera. <laughs> and <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of chaos, and uh, there was not much sleep that happened that first couple of weeks, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know that one of the big projects at the very beginning was creating this, like, COVID-19 page or link on our website Mm -hmm. that just you know could be a catch-all for everything that we wanted to communicate thinking back to you being kind of the quarterback and convener of all of this information what were the early values that were emerging when it came to how we were trying to move forward through this pandemic yeah, I think, I mean, it was important to us amidst all that kind of chaos <laughs> that we still wanted to be Southridge. You know, like everything we do, we always say it's centered around that life of full devotion to Jesus and that we live that out through like the connection, inspiration and action aspects. And we really wanted to still keep those things as core values, even though we were moving into this online setting. Um, and then, of course, we just had this value of this community Uh, that we have and taking care of each other and recognizing that, you know, this crisis was going to bring to the forefront a ton of new needs, like practically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, we wanted to be able to help meet them um, and still, you know, value the things that we've always valued. And so having a, a page where we could kind of condense all of that. And if you need help or want to help, it's here. If you're looking for updates about, you know, the shelter or about other action initiatives, it's there. Um, Just a place that we could kind of keep everybody up to date and hopefully meet those, those needs as they were arising. Mm -hmm. And, and what did you find challenging right away when we were trying to pull all that together? (laughs) Was it hard 
you know, was the tech side hard? Was the personal side working with all of us hard? <laughs> Any and all of the above? Any and all of the above on some days. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I came into this role. I, we've talked in the past about, you know, me coming into this role and it was a little bit of a, I didn't have a ton of experience in this. So yes, the, some of the tech stuff I've been doing some learning as I go and, um, it wasn't as much a problem like working with people as just the fact, like I said before, so many things were changing so rapidly. So you'd post an update on this new website and then literally hours later, someone's like, oh, we have to change that. Or, oh, we have a new update or, oh, the region has put out new guidelines. So we have to change this. And yeah, it just, it was more just that immediacy of everything <laughs> that was making it feel like it felt like a losing battle for a couple of weeks to keep yeah, people was, updated. And that, it's important for people who are listening in to, to kind of enter into your world. I remember those those first few, especially those first few days, they were actually very frustrating mm -hmm. from a communications perspective because you know, you're trying to be time sensitive and thorough and accurate, but with things changing so rapidly, you know, you'll put four hours with a group of people into developing some communication and within an hour of posting it, it's outdated. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that was, that was... <laughs> and because you're trying to be so thoughtful about how you want to say things and do things. And we eventually, I think got to the point where it was like, okay, don't even think about it. We just have to get this information up there and hope for the best. It's going to change by tomorrow anyways. So hope it, hope it lasts. Well, that, that oh. segues into my next sort of round of questions. And that is, you know, you, you talk about the way that we wanted to modify the delivery of what we call our simple church model, fostering this lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection and action and to families. I'll give them a shout out as well. Mm -hmm, sure. um, you know, what, what would you say were the early values from a communications perspective, knowing each of these ministries was trying to get, they were trying to get themselves positioned. But as we communicated on behalf of them, which is essentially what the communications department does, um, you know, what were some of the values that emerged throughout that pandemic? Um, I think like you touched on it a little bit by saying we were trying to be clear. We were trying to be thorough. Um, we we're trying to get updates out there as quickly and as much in a real-time manner as we could. Um, but then also recognizing that in that time, everybody's inboxes and news feeds were overflowing with that information, you know, especially in those early day in those early days. And, you know, people were joking that you quickly knew how every company that you've ever given your email address to was feeling about COVID because you were getting like yeah, yeah. so much stuff from them. So, you know, we we're trying to communicate efficiently um, without just becoming one more voice that's going to get lost in that noise. And I don't know that we did it perfectly, but um, that was definitely something we were trying to do. Well, and what I like about this conversation is really for those listening in, to appreciate the challenge of where we were coming from. Mm -hmm. Because our goal, gang, was to get everything we possibly could out to you as quickly and as accurately as possible, but really didn't know how to do that without bombarding your inbox. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing's true with, I would say, the, the COVID-19 page that we created. I thought we did a terrific job in pulling all of the ministry information from all across our church into this one convenient page. 
And even today, you go to that page, and it is pretty full <laughs> yep. of, of content. And we haven't it, even had to update it in a yeah, little while. <laughs> it, it is not, it is not, you know, simple and easy to read or like it, it it's, it's like chewing a Christmas cake all in one <laughs> sitting. It's so dense and, and, and that's been hard. And, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like it, it's certainly given me sympathy and empathy to companies that have filled my inbox because mm-hmm. rather than being annoyed by that, I've, I've felt sorry for the conundrum that they felt found themselves in. And I just would want those listening who felt like we intended to annoy them by filling their <laughs> inbox during a pandemic. That wasn't our heart as well. Uh, it wasn't our heart at all. We, we, we just wanted to get as much real time, <clears throat> excuse me, real time information mm-hmm. into people's hands uh, as clearly and as comprehensively as possible. And that, that, that's, that's been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back now, three months in, what would you say has worked well and maybe what hasn't worked so well in our communication strategy? Well, I think there's probably lots of things that could go in both of those columns. Um, I think as far as what worked well, um, one of the things that that I think we did a pretty good job of was quickly getting uh, Sunday morning services online. Um, you know, that inspiration piece, uh, because we, ha- I think we had a bit of an advantage um, in that we were already, you know, pre-recording the message each week and some other special elements. Um, we have a team who are pros with video and lighting and audio yeah, mixing. And, yeah. you know, we had a lot of that equipment that you need to do that. Um, so we weren't starting from scratch in that department, like a lot of other churches were when this hit. Um, so I think, you know, getting that inspiration piece um, of our community online and being able to, you know, use that as a platform to communicate to people and meet them where they're at, you know, it was a lot of work, but there was a bit of a a logical transition in making that happen. So it came together fairly quickly. There's still some tweaking, but um, getting the, the bare bones of that up and running was pretty quick. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, I don't know if I want to say it didn't work well, but there's been a lot more challenges to things like connection and action and family ministry and getting that online just because by their very nature, you know, they're always so centered on that in-person relational dynamic. Um, so in that case, it's been a bit more of a creative journey to find the best ways to to move those things online and to digitally connect with people. Um, so seeing what works well, what really isn't hitting the mark, um, going through all that was was a bit of a challenge, I would say. Yeah, I think about even uh, you know our two week experiment with a second service. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a fam- really, that was a family ministry play who in reaching out to families and going really th- in a very simple way through the Rolodex of calling families, asking what would serve them. You know, they've heard from a few people that it was difficult to take in the morning service with young kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if maybe once they put their kids to bed, we could offer uh, an experience where people could take in the service and be part of a virtual lobby. Well, you know, maybe that would be helpful. And so, great. In response to that, we tried that. Uh, I wouldn't say it was terribly effective in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, we had only a very small handful of people for whom eight o'clock at night worked for a service and then nine o'clock and beyond worked for a virtual <laughs> lobby. And so we, we collapsed that, that experience back to just the, the, the 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. But 
uh, that might have been an example of something that I, I would say didn't work so well. But to your point, at least it was a try yeah. in responding to needs that we were hearing as we were communicating yeah. with people. For sure. So um, what would you say in your seat as communication director that we've learned so far about effectively communicating, particularly in a, in a crisis? Well, the first thing that I feel like I have to say is that I've I've learned even more like how gracious our community is. Um, we've definitely made some mistakes. We've tried things that haven't worked. Um, we've said more in times when maybe we should have said less. We've had tech glitches and people have just been so overwhelming in their understanding, in their grace and their patience for us, um, which has really been amazing in helping things to, to get better. Um, and secondly, I think we've learned that much like communicating in the pre-COVID days that everyone communicates differently. And so there really isn't always one strategy that's going to universally reach everyone. And so, um, yeah, trying to make the best of what we can do in this season is, well, it's the best we can do. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that been a huge one. I would say that, that mm -hmm. almost like love languages, different people communicate very differently. And, and in times mm -hmm. where information is urgent to get out, uh, sometimes the shotgun approach is a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and yet there's um, some, like some people would want, some people were craving that, like, no, I want almost a daily email from you. Keep me so updated. And other people are like, please just tone it back. You know, there's, yeah, there's such yeah. a difference in, in, you know, the way people want to receive yeah, that information expectation and need. Yeah. Emails um, versus social media and so many different factors. So let's pretend that now three months in, we're in an, uh, at least a temporary new normal. So we've <laughs> modified all of our ministry format. Things are generally sustainable. Kind of we're in this groove, at least for now. We're not going to talk about reopening yet. But um, <laughs> how would you say your role in communications has shifted during the crisis? Uh, well, I've definitely found myself in front of a camera <laughs> way more than I'd ever thought possible. Um, but in general, it's been the kind of the shift that everyone has felt towards this digital. You know, there were a lot of parts of my jobs that were, um, you know, signage at our locations or print pieces or some kind of those in-person things. Um, and obviously all that stuff has fallen by the wayside. It's a lot more um, website stuff, online content, uh, those online services, any of any of those digital pieces have just now have that much more of a priority in this season. Yeah, I mean your 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 involvement on the inspiration ministry side mm -hmm. uh, in their communications has become much more foreground in the last three months. Yeah, and yeah. I would say, you know, if nothing else, our church has got a, a a very prominent view of who our inspiration department is. Yeah, you know, because the main players in in our services have been yourself and Mandy and. Tom with Sarah and Justin. And, uh, it's been, it's been very interesting in that sense. I've even felt it from a, a person who's part of our St. Catherine's location, knowing that, you know, most of the time Tom and Sarah are leading worship and on the times where they haven't, we've had Justin leading worship and none of those people are really St. Catherine's <laughs> worship leaders. Yeah. So our worship leaders, they, they sort of disappeared because the inspiration yeah. department has had to take over because of the limitations of, yeah, of some of the, the some of that happened like, out of that necessity of those first couple of weeks where, you know, yes, this was the team that kind of is planning those services. And I can remember those conversations being like, 
okay, we're in crisis mode for this. I think we had put almost like a three week, two or three week time frame in our minds of, okay, this team, because we kind of know the rhythm of this and we're learning it, we're going to get some practices in place and we'll kind of take this on. But then by, you know, by the time, you know, a couple of weeks roll around, we'll get, you know, different leaders and different hosts and worship teams from other locations to come into the studio and, you know, we can get more of that full feel of everybody across our, our locations. But then when those restrictions came in of, no, like you can't go into the studio. No, you can't be around people. You have to be doing this from home. And it kind of became this, oh, yeah, okay. Well, our <laughs> where... yeah, those, those of us who have cameras from that first yeah. couple of weeks, you just have the cameras because we didn't yeah, want to take five that or risk. Six cameras of... <laughs> set up and they're set up. There were no one's moving them around. No one's yeah. touching them. No one's, I mean, I remember when the first camera set got dropped off for me to set up. And I'm wiping it down with Lysol and all, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that this thing's not going anywhere. So yeah, and <laughs> we had it. that conversation, especially about, you know, like, I know we have we have so many amazing and capable volunteers across all of our sites who are involved in worship and other service elements and, you know, who are eager to help out. And as much as yes, we would love that we're also trying to think of the safety of everybody involved and you know, we would hate for something, you know, for someone to come down with a virus because we gave them some contaminated yeah. camera equipment. So yeah, it became such a more, it became a conversation that we weren't even anticipating out of those first couple of weeks. Totally. Hey, um, you know, when you think back in just in these last three months, uh, what would you say is our greatest win? And then similarly, what would you feel has been our greatest challenge? Um, I mean, there's been a lot of wins, uh, so it's hard to narrow it down. But I think what I've been really celebrating in in this time is the way that this season has opened up a door for so many new opportunities for people. Um, you know, there are a lot of things about church that can be roadblocks for people to physically come to the building. You know, it could be a work schedule or a question of accessibility. Um, And sometimes it's just being intimidated or afraid to walk into that building for the first time. And, you know, as much as we always, you know, in every season are trying to do whatever's in our power to put people people at ease and make things welcoming. um, I think having everything online in this season has made it easier and more comfortable for people to to engage for the first time and we've heard so many stories of new faces joining us on on Sundays online or you know people who have joined one of the spring online life groups for the first time or you know they they're reaching out for help or support um, when they maybe didn't feel they could in the past and um, yeah it's just been one of those those things where I've been amazed and thankful for the ways that God is using this season where a lot of us are kind of, you know, grumbling about this online only season. And, you know, we wish we could be back in that physical building, but um, God, you know, he'll use anything for, for his good. And I think that's one of the amazing things that we've seen come out of this. And I'm so thankful for it. (laughs) Um, Uh, I know that we haven't really talked about this. We certainly haven't had meetings about this really at all, but uh as you imagine the conversation shifting to things being able to open up a bit or beginning to open up, how do you imagine our communications rolling out at that point? (laughs) 
Um, I hope that it is a lot smoother than when it shut down. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of things these days we're waiting on the guidelines from the province and we need to see where we fit into that. So I know everyone's itching to open things back up and be back to quote normal. Um, but we know in reality, like our Southridge Sunday mornings are pretty large gatherings. So as things open up, we'll be <laughs> towards the tail end of those phases and it's going to maybe be a long way out. So um, there's a lot of factors to ensure that we'll, that we do things safely and we want to do that with the responsibility that comes with it. Um, so hopefully when it, when it does happen, that we'll, we'll do our best, like we've said before about providing clear updates, you know, as soon as we can. And yeah, I just trust that everyone will extend us that same grace and the patience as we figure it out real time. We'll try not to overfill your inboxes, gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if someone's listening and they're into the world of communications and wanted to be involved in the communications process or even to serve in your area of ministry, even in this working from home dynamic, what could they do to, to do that? Um, yeah, like I, communication, I think is always best when, when it's a two-way thing or a multi-direction thing. So when people get involved in that feedback loop, it's super helpful to us, you know, in the season, it feels kind of sometimes like we're just throwing stuff out into a void and we have no idea if it's landing. So if, when people reach out to say that something is or isn't working, um, that something has been impactful or it's meeting a need that they're feeling, or could we try this instead? You know, that's, that's super helpful communication for us coming this way. Um, and, you know, as well, just as far as, you know, ways to be involved, I think back to uh, Sean Reimer's story that we shared back in April where, um, you know, that wasn't something that we reached out to him to capture. It was this member of our community who was in the middle of experiencing an amazing God moment, you know, he recognized it for what it was and just grabbed his cell phone and started taping. Um, and it wasn't fancy or professional, but it was real and we could use it to communicate hope and the power of prayer. And it became a really, you know, a really impactful thing. So if there are people who are finding themselves, you know, you see God working, we would love to hear about it, whether it's just send us a text or if you have a video or a photo or, you know, we'd love to share those things if it's possible with our, our community. So yeah, communicating that with us is great and communicating with each other, you know, encouraging your friends and family to join us on a Sunday morning, you know, sharing and engaging with our posts on social media, you know, engaging in, you know, the Zoom lobby, some of the action initiatives, like all of those ways are that, that we can communicate with each other and um, yeah, just be who we are in this season. Yeah, yeah that's great stuff. Hey, as we wrap up, Kel, any final encouragements or challenges to our members and people listening when it comes to us being a family that communicates well? I know, like you said earlier, unfortunately, right now there's no hugs, <laughs> but can, you know, are there any encouragements that you'd have to help us communicate well during the season? Yeah, I would say one of, well, just to, kind of to touch on one of the, the, one of the greatest challenges is that we feel in this season or that I do it anyways, is knowing that this is a season that everybody's feeling differently. You know, there are people who are kind of loving this pace and they're getting downtime and relaxing and family time. And, you know, it's, that's one thing to be in that place, but then there are others who are having this really dark season and whether it's grief or illness or stress or other factors, um, it's, we're not all in that same place. So, 
it's it's a challenge to a communicate to people on both ends of that that spectrum well um but also i would just encourage everyone to remember that and if you're doing well you know check up on the people who maybe aren't <laughs> if you're not doing well um hopefully you can find the strength to reach out to someone for help um and that could be someone around you or it could be us you know we're wanting to help and support in any way we can and um, some of that is just needing to hear about what that support need is so um, yeah we love and miss everybody as well and can't wait to be together but until then hopefully we can make the most of this situation yeah and that's a great word we're in so many different experiences of this same pandemic Mm -hmm. that keeping open communication with one another, especially as a church community so that we can be the church to one another is critical. So really, really appreciate that encouragement. Cal, thanks for hanging out with us today. And uh, thanks to all of you for uh, joining us again. We'll keep rocking and rolling next week as we continue (laughs) finding our way together. Take care, everyone. Bye.